WDEL On Demand, brought to you by Stanley Steamer. Air duct cleaning. Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Um, the allegations are increasingly strongly pointing to here, uh, which is that a Saudi team uh, went to their consulate in Istanbul uh, and kidnapped, tortured, and executed uh, an American-based journalist, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, and that the Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, was directly involved uh, in the planning and carrying that out. Um, I don't understand why the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is saying the Saudis need more time to investigate. I frankly think it's time for the United States to be investigating we should be working with our treaty ally, Turkey, um, to get American forensic specialists on the scene to get clarity about the audio records the Turks say they have uh, and the physical evidence that the Turks say they have. Um, because I think this is a watershed moment uh, for our longstanding alliance with Saudi Arabia. I mean, isn't it interesting that the U.S.-Turkish relationship in recent uh, years has been frayed with the Islamist-leaning government? Of course, they did release the uh, evangelical pastor the other day. Uh, but now, uh, in relative terms, despite Turkish persecution, of journalists, they end up uh, looking like the good guys in this case. Well, uh, I'll be careful about that because I don't think they're good guys, uh, broadly speaking. Uh, but, you know, this incident happened in their territory and they are increasingly, um, stridently uh, calling for accountability uh, by the Saudis. Uh, but as you correctly pointed out, Alan, um, the, the leadership of President Erdogan um, in Turkey uh, has recently been marked by more and more oppression against uh, dissidents, against minority parties, uh, against journalists. Um, it's Seated by um, the Saudi royal family's actions internally. Um, both of these are countries with whom we enjoy a long and positive uh, relationships that have been allies in a variety of ways. Um, but we have to put American values um, in front of American interests. We do have strong interest um, in having a close alliance with both Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Um, but a core value of the United States is free, free speech uh, and protecting a free press and in particular protecting a journalist uh, who has written in an American newspaper uh, from an American uh, resident um, critical of the Saudi royal house. And for them to carry out an, an execution like this, um, if this is all true, um, in their consulate is really a, a striking. Well, your, your Republican colleague on the other side, Lindsey Graham, uh, basically says the crown prince uh, has to get out of there. <laughs> well, uh, that seems to be very much against uh, Trump's grain, which is no interference in another country's internal affairs. Well, and to be clear about that, President Trump is perfectly happy to interfere in some countries. What concerns me about this instance is his repeated citation uh, of a factually incorrect number um, of $110 billion of anticipated arms sales. Um, whether it's $2 billion or $4 billion, folks can debate, uh, but nobody credibly says that there's uh, $100 billion or more in arms sales. And at the end of the day, um, we should not be looking uh, aside. We shouldn't be looking ahead to arms sales and overlooking um, the kidnap and torture of a journalist. Um, this is a critical moment, and there's a number of different points of leverage that Congress can use in the coming months. There are 20 of us, an equal number of Republicans and Democrats, who signed a letter to President Trump um, from the Foreign Relations Committee asking him to begin an investigation under the Global Magnitsky Act, which, if it proves the Saudis have done this, would result in sanctions against Saudi Arabia. Let me try this on you, Senator. I mean, some say that uh, the president just automatically attracted to autocrats. Some say it's his family's personal dealings. Uh, but another way to look at it could be i mean i remember once upon a time you do too 80s ronald reagan wanted to sell AWACS to saudi arabia the israelis bitterly opposed that well now the israelis and the saudis
Iranians, as you know, to some extent, are tacit allies vis-a-vis Iran. So, in a way, uh, is the president's uh, closeness to the to the crown prince and Jared Kushner in particular a reflection that the Netanyahu government is close? Um, it is. A, uh, it is a reflection of the fact um, that the Trump administration and Jared Kushner, who is the president's emissary for uh, trying to pursue some sort of Middle East peace deal have skewed closer and closer to the Saudis and have used them as a bulwark against Iranian aggression and expansionism. The most legitimate argument um, that the administration has for going carefully in any criticism of the Saudi regime is the vital role that they've been playing as a bulwark against Iranian aggression. Uh, But the United States has now for too long tolerated um, a bombing campaign by the Saudis in Yemen um, that has led to widespread civilian deaths. Um, That's something that has been um, difficult to sustain support for in Congress, and I think you're now going to see a significant number of us um, say that we should either curtail or end our support for the Saudi conflict in Yemen, um, and that we need to be asking harder questions about the breadth and depth of our partnership with the Saudis. Containing Iranian aggression and expansionism is a legitimate foreign policy goal for the United States. Um, but I, I really hesitate um, to endorse any alliance where we would be doing that at the price of one of our core values which is respect for free speech and the protection of journalists. Senator, i, I got to ask you, because I know surely you monitor uh, emails and, and uh, constituent feedback to your office. I get the impression right now that this is more uh, a big story for elite media and certainly journalists and people who care about human rights. But it's not the sort of thing, if a talk show host goes on the air in Delaware and starts talking about it, you're going to get millions of calls. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, That's right. Yeah. You, you're not going to get millions or even thousands of calls. Um, My office got a huge number of calls um, about Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation, as that was before the Senate. Um, But we've frankly gotten a greater number of calls about health care. There's lots of people across the country concerned about what's going to happen to the protection for pre-existing conditions. Um, There's concerns um, about the opioid crisis and what are we doing to combat uh, heroin and heroin overdoses. Um, And I get a significant number of calls about jobs, schools, public safety. Um, You're right, Alan, that um, the fate of Jamal Khashoggi and our relations uh, with the Saudi kingdom are not sort of on the top 10 concerns of most folks. Um, That's why earlier today I did a roundtable in Delaware uh, about mental health and the opioid crisis, um, to hear from dozens of people who are in the nonprofit community, in state agencies, the faith community, who could give me input and advice about um, what are the things we are doing right and what are the things we are not doing right in terms of meeting the needs of families um, that have family members who are struggling with mental health or addiction problems. And what is the biggest thing we're not doing right? Did you get out of that, Senator? Um, providing um, a reliable continuum of care um, from schools um, to the transition to early adulthood to adulthood, um, that there are ways in which um, we deliver services that are convenient to the service providers, not to the families and people who need urgent help, um, and that there's a very strong um, community here in Delaware of service providers, of family advocates, and of, of state agencies who are working together to redesign how we deliver services in a way that better meets the real needs uh, of people in crisis. Gotcha. Ongoing. Okay, Senator Coons, thank you so much. Thank you.